Hello, and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 212, which we're recording on 2-12-2020. I just realized oh. that as I looked down at my show notes. I realized it as you said it. Isn't that weird? kind of weird? 2-12-2-12. Ooh, I'm Gail. I like that. I'm Charlene. <laughs> and we had not planned that and didn't even see it in advance. <laughs> no, even though in my show notes, it's clearly written next to each other. That it is episode 212 and the record date is 212. <laughs> I wrote February 12th. So it uh, wasn't until I looked and was saying it. Well, 212 2020. So, yeah. Pretty cool date. Yeah, oh. definitely. Well, it's almost like, ooh. <laughs> so, what are you wearing? I am wearing a sweater that I think I just talked about this last episode. I think so. Or too. Two episodes ago. Very recently. Very recently. This is my Ellery. A pattern by Elizabeth Doherty. I made mine in a very unconventional choice yarn. I made mine in a cotton wool blend, two strands of a fingering weight held together, and it worked. <laughs> it's cute. I took a chance. And if you are on Elizabeth's mailing list, you may have received in her newsletter this week that had a picture of her working a new Ellery with one strand of wool and one strand of mohair. And both Gail and I are in love with that yeah. version. So there may be more Elleries in our future. I think so. <laughs> yep. Because El you said it was an enjoyable knit. It was yeah. an enjoyable knit. And it is knit at a large gauge, so it knits up very fast. Mm -hmm. If you remember correctly, I knit this one quite That was fast. the one you basically had cast on and finished before I was even kind of aware that you were knitting yes, it. It was exactly, so fast. Yes, exactly. This one is a top-down circular knit sweater with texture on the yoke. Texture created with slip stitch patterns and... It is knit, like I said, with two strands. This one is two strands of fingering weight, so the gauge is much larger than the fingering weight that Gail and I often knit sweaters at. So it was a much quicker knit for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was very happy with that because I'm already wearing it. Zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom is right. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing a quite interesting outfit today. <laughs> I am wearing my cropped sweater for winter by Andy Satterland, which is a cropped sweater, as the name implies, knit with DK weight yarn. I think it's a pattern called for worsted, but I used DK. I used Dragonfly Fibers Traveler DK, and it has really pretty scalloped edges for the cuffs and the hem in a contrasting color, and I used... I think it's Jocelyn is the name of the color. It's a beautiful burgundy-ish color. And the collar as well, isn't it, in the contrast color? And then the body I did in a light gray. Very fun sweater. And I'm wearing it with a tutu. Yes, you heard that right. I am wearing a tutu. I have been wanting a tutu basically well, all my life. But for the, I think it was Colors of Fall Middle Bomb. One of you listeners knit the Cancun lacy boxy top and was wearing it with a tutu. And I've been looking for this skirt ever since. I guess I just didn't realize it was a thing adults could wear. I thought that they were just for little girls and couldn't find one. I've looked in many, many different stores and saw one on Amazon and thought, okay, I'm going to order it, see if I like it. If I hate it, I can return it. 
Well, I put it on this morning and was literally giddy and running around the house, spinning around like a little child. And it made me so happy that I thought there's no way I'm returning this skirt. (laughs) So here I am in a tutu and a cropped sweater. And you have to explain that it's not see-through or tiny. Well, it's not, it's not a dance tutu because when, when people say tutus, I think of ballet. Yes. And I, it's, this is like a, a fashion Tutu. Thank you. Rather than a ballet tutu. Thank you for that sanity (laughs) check. For those of you who are thinking I was wearing something sticking straight out from my hips, that's not what it looks like. It comes down uh, not quite mid-calf, between my knee and mid-calf area, and it's black, and it has two layers of the tulle, and then like a silky layer on the bottom. And it came with a very pretty wide satin ribbon that you can tie around the waist with a little bow. Super, super cute. <laughs> so I am rocking a tutu and a cropped sweater today and feeling really, really good about it. What have you been stocking? I have been all over in my project stocking. You know this, Gail. I have been looking for a project that is going to catch fire, so to speak, and I just can't find one. So frustrating. I keep trying things and nothing has really been the it project. (laughs) Not like the woman I was visiting with Charlene in the yarn store this Sunday and a woman walked in. She was adorable and she was planning a trip to Ireland and she wanted to knit a color work sweater. She had the pattern picked out. She was on fire. She picked the yarn. She was giddy. She was going to go home and swatch right away. And that's the feeling that we're that's That's exactly it. That's what I'm looking for. So I'm a, I've been a little bit frustrated. If you will recall, I think it was two episodes ago when I tried to make the Lenny hat. I restarted it three, well, I started it and then restarted it a total of three times before I got it right. Mm-hmm. It's the same feeling that I'm having now because I keep starting projects and not liking them. And saying, no, I'm going to knit something else. That's frustrating. (laughs) So the first thing that I attempted is a lacy cardigan designed by Bristol Ivy called Dar. I've had this pattern in my library, I want to say over a year now, maybe probably close to two years. And I keep looking for the perfect yarn, haven't found it yet thought that I was going to like it in a skein of my Holy Grail logwood yarn from Natalie Tosh. I have a, a skein of lace weight, and that has also been in my stash for a while now. And so I thought, okay, going to try it. Holy Grail yarn, pattern I've wanted to knit. Sounds like something made in heaven, right? Yes. But no... Unfortunately, the Dar sweater was originally knit in a very fluffy yarn. I think it was the yarn that was used for the sample was 50% mohair. So it's quite fluffy. So I have the picture in my head of a very fluffy Dar cardigan. And I knit up my logwood. And though the color simply slayed me, it was not the look that I want for this sweater. And since it's Holy Grail yarn, I know that it has to be something that's perfect. Yeah. 
So I want, I want, still want the sweater. So I am going to keep looking for something that has a little fuzz in it. <laughs> and was it just one strand of yarn that yes. had a high mohair percentage? Yes. Got it. Yes. Yeah. So that is Dar by Bristol Ivy. The second thing I have attempted, I talked about last time. It's The Land of Sweets Cowl by Helen Stewart. It's part of her Knitvent 2017 collection. Nothing is wrong with the pattern. Nothing is wrong with the yarn. Again, it just isn't what I hoped for in the combination Wasn't of the, the two together. Mind? It, it's not yeah. the picture. Even though I have been saving this yarn because I thought this yarn would be perfect. But I do think I need to find another yarn to use with it. Because the pattern originally as written is made from mini skeins so it's striped and i need to find a way to incorporate that i think yeah so we'll see that is sitting right now either in timeout or to be ripped i haven't decided which it is but it's just sitting <laughs> and the third thing i am stocking is the japan sleeves pattern by Hohi Locatelli. I've been stalking this one after seeing our Ravelry group member QT Mousy's version on Ravelry. She made hers with a speckled yarn and I believe it was a, a light gray and it just looked fantastic. Japan Sleeves is a long sleeved pullover with lace insets down the lengths of the sleeves. So it's very different it looks a little sporty. It almost looks like a 70s sweatshirt because it's kind got the sweater, stripe yeah. down the sleeve. Track jacket. Yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of, but it's a little upscaled because it's lace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the original pattern is striped, right? The body. Yes, it is. And I wasn't going to stripe mine. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm stocking it. I haven't found the perfect combination of yarn yet and how about you gail what are you stocking well i suddenly decided you know how just if you have these strikes of fancy yes i was watching <laughs> my friend's feed which i click on when i'm bored working and saw that someone had just finished the january hat and the february hat from the kelborn woolen year of hats series last yeah. year which i had stocked right. and i knit the june hat i remember and all of a sudden i thought i have so much worsted weight yarn in the garage that's designated for hats and charity projects i should just be knitting a hat every month because remember at the end of december i had knit several hats and it was very very fun mm -hmm. i was enjoying it greatly so i thought okay i'm gonna knit a hat every month and i'm gonna work through the year of hats so I've printed off January, February, and March. The January hat is by Courtney Kelly. The February hat is by Kate Gagnon Osborne. These are all free patterns. They are all written for worsted weight yarn, and they all have various different things, cables, bobbles, stripes, slip stitches, all sorts of different things right. where you can practice different knitting skills if you want to. So... I'm super excited about that. I pulled out some worsted weight. I'm going to start the January hat. And I, like I said, I've just got it all ready to go. And someone mm -hmm. in our group was asking about brown bagging. Which oh, yeah. It was I really cute that. because another person responded saying, does that mean you're bringing your knitting to lunch? That doesn't really make <laughs> sense. 
Well, brown bagging is when you put a skein of yarn and a pattern into brown paper bags and you put them in some designated area. And when you're looking for a new project, you just randomly grab one. So you don't know exactly, you know, it's one of however many bags you prepared, obviously, but you don't know which it's going to be. Right. And I was kind of considering doing that, but it seems like a lot of effort to go through to put them all through the bags <laughs> rather than just grabbing a skein and some yeah. needles and starting. But it would be a perfect opportunity to do that because I already have so many hats in my queue. So this will be a fun way to work through them and knit a bunch of hats for charity. Definitely. So hats are the first thing. And also another one that's on my list is the Magical Mermaid Hat. The designer is Christy Grifford. And that's another free hat with DK weight yarn. So those of us who have lots of fingering weight scraps, DK weight hats are good because you can hold fingering doubled and it basically gives you DK weight. So that was another one that's on my list. It's cute. It has some cable like things running up the hat. It's just a really cute hat design. So that's my hat stocking. I'm also stocking sweaters for a special bunch of yarn that I just purchased on a self-indulgent whim one day. I've been hearing about this yarn. I've been watching people knit with it on various podcasts and it's called Nightshades. It's by Harrisville Designs. I was going to call them Harrisville Tweed. Harrisville Designs and it is 80% American Cormo and wool. It doesn't say what the other wool is. It's probably a variety of different types of wool. And yes, Cormo is a type of wool also. Someone asked me that the other day. Cormo is a very specific breed of wool. So it gives you a squishier, bouncier yarn. And what also is unique about this yarn is that it's woolen spun instead of worsted spun. So it gives you a much loftier garment. So the put-ups are, let's see, I should have worn my glasses. 250 yards to 100 grams. It's labeled as DK weight, and it's just very, very light in my hand, as opposed to a skein of worsted weight that's 200 yards over 100 grams feels heavier. So it's DK weight, it's woolen spun, it's Cormo, and they have milled it so that it's black yarn, and they put a little bit of color in it. So I, of course, got the pink, which is called stiletto, but they have it, they're all, again, black bases. They have it with bits of orange, with bits of yellow, purple, blue, gray, white, and I think red. So they have quite a range and they're all such beautiful colors. So I have a sweater quantity of this and I'm looking for different patterns to use it with. And the one that I'm leaning towards the most right now is called Big Sister. It's by Hintermstein, and it is an open front cardigan, pretty kind of basic in design in a good way. It is A-line, it has pockets, and it has a ribbed hem where the pockets are kind of built into the ribbing in the hem. It looks really interesting, and it kind of has an interesting notch in the collar, and not a whole lot of super duper interesting design elements, but it looks like a perfect canvas for this yarn. So I was thinking either the big sister or something with a lot of cables. But I think based on the squishiness, I don't know if I want to use it in cables. Hmm. I don't know. It's lovely. It's so pretty. I really, really love it. So I just need to find the right pattern for it. So that's 
basically stocking to use the yarn Nightshades by Harrisville Designs. And I needed another crop sweater to go with my new tutu. <laughs> so I don't know what that crop sweater is going to be, but the I'm one surprised. that I knit. I, I feel like you've knit several before. Right. I thought the same thing. <laughs> and then I'm looking in my closet and they're all a little too long oh, because this is a high-waisted. That's a really, yeah, yeah. You definitely can get away with something that's probably shorter than I would normally than wear. Than you would normally. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to pick a sweater pattern for a cropped sweater that is better fitted than the one I'm wearing. So the cropped sweater for winter that I knit, it's very large through the upper bust and shoulders. I knit it to a size to fit my bust, which I should have gone down a size to fit my upper shoulders and let it be a little bit negative ease across my bust because it's a little bit too big everywhere. And it's about an inch too long to work with the waistline of this sweater. So... I will be stocking crop sweaters hard when I get home. <laughs> so that's what I've been stocking. A couple interesting, unusual categories for me. So what have you been knitting? I still have my Daw sweater on the needles. I need to decide on this. If you will recall, I started knitting the sweater of course, I thought it looked good on the sample and all the projects that are on Ravelry. But then as I knit it, because of the way it's knit, which is two halves from the shoulders down, basically you knit the front and then you knit the back, it feels like it's just two big rectangles, mm -hmm. which is basically what it is. Right. It's two big rectangles. And maybe it will look okay. It looks okay on everybody on Ravelry, but because I can't get over the fact that it's just two big rectangles. <laughs> well, that seems like it was the start of your, not that you have low knitting mojo, you definitely want to knit, but that was the start of your like pattern yes. strikes going down. Yes, it okay. definitely was. Definitely was. So I have to pin it together, try it on, figure out what's going on with it but right now it's sitting in timeout because it needs to be away from me for a little while <laughs> while i think just, about it yeah it's like you need to either get it done or rip it so that it's not lurking in the background yes. yeah that's kind of the way i feel but i also don't want to deal with it right now because i want to find something else to knit because i've been having so much trouble finding something to knit so i started my second version of goldfish memory come to think of it i re remember the goldfish you memory started i started too. Yeah. i started once did not like the way my color choices looked in the first version the second one i think i'm going to be very happy with I have three yarns. One is from Wooly Wonka that has a little bit of sparkle in it. There's a candy skein and a Miss Babs. So I've got yarn from all over. <laughs> well represented. Yes, bringing three different companies together into Goldfish Memory. So those are the only things that I have actively going on the, on the needles right wow. now what are you knitting well, i have three so i'm still knitting my sorrel by wool and pine which i'm not going to say too much about because i know you are going to talk about it one thing i will mention is that i'm not knitting mine exactly to pattern 
So the pattern doesn't have any shaping for the body. And I wanted mine to be a little A-line because that's the shape of my body. So I am actually, instead of doing occasional increases to get an A-line, I'm going up in needle sizes occasionally to get an A-line because I really want a lighter fabric mm -hmm. as opposed to just more fabric to cover my butt and hips. So I just decided to do it that way. And right now it's at home on waist yarn to be tried on. And I just haven't tried it on in the mm -hmm. last two days. So cruising along on that. I think I'm almost to the point where I'll split for the hem. And it also isn't written for a split hem. But I'm mm -hmm. going to split the hem, knit the back a little longer, basically styling it after the way I did my Zweig sweater. Mm -hmm. So I, because I wear my Zweig all the time. So I think if I make Sorrel similar to that body style, I will wear that all, all the time too. So that's Sorrel by Woolen Pine. I'm still working on my Bits and Bobs blanket number three, designed by Kay Jones. And I've finished the body of the blanket. So I've used all four skeins of my Madeline Tosh Tosh Marina Light with Holo Glitter and a lot of scraps. I used so many scraps, but I still have a lot of scraps left, which is kind of surprising. I thought I'd use the majority of my scraps, but surprisingly... I have a lot more. And right now I'm doing the applied I-cord border, which I'm using a skein of Madeline Tosh sock in the onyx colorway, which is basically black. And because the whole blanket is knit with two strands of fingering held doubled, I'm holding the Tosh sock doubled. So it's slow going because it's applied I-cord but it looks beautiful. The black border on the multicolored blanket looks really good. It's very nice. striking, but it hurts my hands to do oh, the I-cord border. Yeah. So I can only do so much of it at a time. So we have Nani sitting between us on a chair because <laughs> she was very insistent on being part of the party. You can look in the Ravelry thread. I took a picture. She's so sweet. Well, she's angling to get on the, on the table. table yes she's working on it <laughs> so that's my progress on my bits and bobs i anticipate it will definitely be done by the next podcast i'm just doing a little bit of the i-cord border at a time so that i don't make my hands hurt my hands have been yeah. really sore lately so i don't want to push it and i have a new cast on since the last episode i stocked the twistmas hat recently by espace Treco, and it is a Let's see. I thought it was fingering and mohair held doubled, but it's actually two strands of fingering held doubled with silk mohair. So it's three strands of yarn. You do a twisted rib brim, and then the body of the hat is three pearls and one twisted knit. So it's a ribbed hat the whole way through, and the twisted knit stitch just makes these really pretty vertical lines up the hat. It's a very simple hat, and it's a free pattern. And it's really enjoyable. I'm using scraps and it's part of my knit a hat every month plan. <laughs> and it's just a nice, it's nice to have that little project that you can bring with you anywhere mm -hmm. you go. And it's so fun to give little scraps like that a whole new life. It's true. Although I was telling Charlene on Sunday, I'm not in love with the color choice. So I use, I have a cream mohair silk held with a candy skein colorway that's mostly white and it has blips of all different colors, hot pink, teal, purple, yellow, gray. It's very light with all the colors, which looks really good with the cream silk mohair. 
and then I have a strand of Neighborhood Fiber Company worst. What's it called? Rustic fingering in a deep turquoise. Well, these three colors together, they look really pretty just in the skeins next to each other, but when they're knit together, they weren't quite the look I was going for. Not, and there's Boo. Not that it's not pretty, it's just not what I was going for, but because it's a charity hat, I know somebody somewhere will love the colors. So that is the Twistmas hat, which I highly recommend so far by Spas Trickle. We would like to thank our sponsor for February, Western Sky Knits. Western Sky Knits is excited to be visiting Santa Clara, California this month for Stitches West. We're so excited. We are. <laughs> we will be bringing our amazing selection of yarns in all the colors that we're known for. Hand-dyed brights, speckles, and tonals in a huge selection of bases. We'll have our Super Soft Merino 17 in worsted, DK, and fingering. Our Magnolia Sock, that's a Merino Cashmere Nylon Blend. Our beautiful Mohair Silk Lace Blend. Aspen Silk in Jumbo 600-yard skange, which is enough yardage for a large shawl, and our bulky base Biggie, which is enough to finish a quickie hat or small cow with just one skein. Fresh from the dye pot, we'll have two new bases making their debut at the show. A rustic merino sourced from Wyoming and a slubby fingering that will create a wonderfully unique fabric. We'll be in booths 712 and 811. If you won't be at the show, visit our website at wsknits.com and check out our Instagram account at Western Sky Knits to see previews of the new bases. Visit us to see all the colors of Montana and our beautiful Western sky. I did not know about the two new bases. I'm so excited. Yes, oh go gosh. check them out on Instagram. They look very cool. And Gail and I, of course, will be there all weekend at Stitches West. You will be able to find us occasionally at the Western Sky Knits booth. And then Saturday afternoon, we will be in the bar area of the hotel that is connected to the convention center that is the Hyatt Hotel. Yeah. And Saturday afternoon... From 1 o'clock, probably, and for sure by 2, but probably even back as 1 o'clock, there will be folks from our group setting up and meeting in the bar area. Barb and Tracy from the Two Knitlet Chicks will be there, as will a couple other local podcasters and local friends. And if you are there, we look forward to meeting you if you are so inclined to join us. Yeah, it's a really, really nice break from the show floor. Everybody is super friendly. It's a great way to just relax, maybe have a snack, maybe have something to drink, show off your yarn purchases, <laughs> and then you're all refreshed and ready to go back in again. Right. It's delightful. <laughs> right. And speaking of Western Sky, it's I have finished my sorrel, Yay! which uses the Magnolia sock from Western Sky Knits. I paired that with a kid silk with a mohair silk called Kid Silk Haze from Rowan. Used those two yarns stranded together to create the fabric for the sorrel sweater, which is a design by Wool and Pine. It's the sweater that Gail just mentioned. We're both knitting it at the same time in different colors. 
that and so represent our normal color. It's they so really funny. do. I can't. Wait they to take really a do with because you. mine is a purpley gray and Gail's is a bright pink. Yep. <laughs> so they're very, very us. And I had a couple of setbacks knitting the sweater, but all in all, I made it work. There were a couple places where the pattern didn't quite. What the pattern said, I couldn't make it work. And I still don't know if it was me or the pattern. There, there were, there was an area where it gives you a length for the yoke. And given the gauge, there was no way I was going to be able to make that work. Right. So I still don't know. I kept asking people over and over again, does this make sense? Does this make sense? And But it's very difficult to ask other people to do the math for you to figure out if the pattern makes sense. So I still really don't know if it makes sense, but I made it work. <laughs> well, I think the problem was there... So they said, for example, knit X number of inches for your yoke, from not including the collar, which was interesting because I've never had a sweater that didn't include any neck treatment that you've already knit as part of the yoke measurement. So that was interesting fact number one. And then number two, the inches kind of made sense until you did the math for the gauge. So if you had, mm -hmm. for example, this is not accurate, but if you had 10 rows over four inches and you were supposed to have X number of inches, the math didn't make sense. If you had knit all the rows you were supposed to for the charts that are given, that would you would end longer. up with more yes. inches than the pattern is yeah. expected. So it was very interesting. So it worked out though, it, if you didn't think about it. It fits, but my measurements did not come out to the written pattern measurements. So it works okay. In terms of the finished sweater, I'm quite happy with it now. It's so cute. <clears throat> I wasn't sure at first because I was still kind of reeling from the pattern issue I had. And I think that kind of tainted the way I looked at the sweater. <laughs> but I tried it on for several people and everybody has told me that it looks good. It looks so really, really I'm cute. I'm going with it. <laughs> It's adorable. Because <laughs> you know how when you feel like you've done something wrong, you're just not sure about a garment. But now I'm quite happy with it, and I'm going to have it at Stitches. Yeah. So hopefully I'll wear it one day and show it off, especially to Kim at Western Sky Knits. Oh, my gosh. It just hit me. We leave for Stitches in one week. One week. From tomorrow. From tomorrow. Yes. I thought I'd be able to have sorrel finished. I don't think there's any way I can finish. <laughs> I have to do the bottom and two sleeves in a week. Oh, my goodness. Okay, sorry. Sorry for that derail. <laughs> it just suddenly hit me that it's in a week. Wow. So, all in all, I'm happy with my sorrel sweater. I made it work. Like I said, I still don't know about the gauge measurements. And I will be looking at other people's notes to see if anybody else noticed that discrepancy. I think that if you just, if you actually knit it to the gauge, I think it fits fine. Yes. It's just longer than the stated measurements in the pattern. Yeah. So. So measure. 
measure as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Or just check your gauge. Both. Either, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both. Yeah. But it's very, very sweet little sweater. I'm happy with it. And it is a circular yoke top down that has elongated stitches in the yoke. Thank you. So a lot of the <laughs> current circular yoke sweaters are either color work or texture. Like the Ellery that Charlene's mm-hmm. wearing right now is all one color but texture. Zweig, which I mentioned earlier, was two colors with lace in the yoke. Mm-hmm. This one is different because it's elongated stitches that look like this kind of really cool arrow that go through the yoke as opposed to different colors or textures. Yeah. And so, since you unique. mentioned, it is unique. And since you mentioned this Vig sweater, I felt like this yoke had that unusual shape. You might remember when I knit Zweig, I also felt odd about that mm-hmm. one at first because the shape is just odd. It's like the top of the sweater, the yoke of the sweater is like a funnel, a straight funnel. Yeah, that's true. And I have a hard time picturing that shape on a body, except for the fact that the reason we all love knit fabric is because it's stretchy and it conforms to the human body. Yep. So... Putting the funnel aside, it looks good when you put it on. And my Zweig sweater still is one of my favorite sweaters to wear. I like the way the top fits. Mm -hmm. So I will like the way this one fits as well. I just haven't actually worn it for a whole day yet. Haven't broken it in. There you go. One thing I've noticed too, speaking of the funnel effect is that this one, it seems really, really dense at the top while you're knitting it because of that because elongated of the, stitch. Yes. It really pulls it all in. And when you put it on, that all stretches out. But while you're knitting it, it really feels funnel-like. That's like, true. How is this ever yes. going to fit me? Yes. But when you try it on, it, it totally fits. So yes. I think that that could mentally play tricks on you. Like, I definitely. Yeah. It definitely did for me because yeah. I really wasn't sure. And halfway through the sweater... I thought I was going to rip it, but when you're halfway through the sweater, you're finished with all the yoke and the yes. elongated stitches. And at that point, it's just stockinette stitch straight down the body. Yep. And so you might as well finish it because that's the easy part. And then exactly. you can try it on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So that is Sorrel by Woolen Pine. That's the only thing I've finished. Have you finished anything? I have not finished a single thing for this episode. Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. So part of our ongoing idea for 2020 is getting people to knit their first sweaters. So last two episodes, I think ago it was, we talked about tips for picking good patterns on Ravelry. And now the next part in the series is more how to pick sweater design elements that are going to help you knit a first sweater that you like and will eventually want make you want to knit more sweaters. And the first thing I want to start with is saying children's size or baby size sweaters are always a good first sweater because oh, they're yeah. smaller, Definitely. they're not a huge investment in resources, expensive yarn, and or time. They just go faster. They're a more friendly way to practice sweater knitting techniques than doing your own sweater for your own body. So whether you have a baby or child in your life or whether you know someone who does or whether you knit one for charity, 
there's always a little baby body out there who's <laughs> going to be happily wearing a sweater. So the way I looked at this was what are the different design elements in a sweater? So very beginning, you have cardigan or pullover. So those are the two main categories of sweaters. You know, what do you wear the most? And like we've said so many times, start in your own closet. What are the things you wear the most often? Do you wear a lot of pullovers? Do you wear a lot of cardigans? Look at them, see what the design elements are in the items you wear the most. And that's going to give you a really good head start into knitting something that you'll wear and that will be useful. So that's keep that in mind all the time. So cardigan or pullover. Mm -hmm. I would say in general, probably the easier place to start is a pullover because you don't have button bands to worry about. You don't have different elements that come with knitting a cardigan that aren't difficult, but they're one more thing to think about. So that would be my opinion between cardi and pullover. It's either going to be knit in the round from the top down or bottom up, or it will be knit in pieces. And if it's sewn together, there's only going to be two pieces as opposed to three pieces if it were sewn together cardigan. Yep. So those are things to keep in mind when you're narrowing down which category you want to start with. I should clarify two body pieces because you'll still have sleeves. (laughs) Yeah. So you'll have at least four pieces. And then with most seamed sweaters, that's extra work to consider is the seam. Right. Right. Speaking of seams. Exactly. Exactly. So when those categories, if you're looking at different categories, is it knit in the round in one piece? Or is it knit seamed? And that would be flat and in pieces to seam. So two different things to think about. Some people don't enjoy seaming. Some people really do. So it just is something that takes a little bit of practice. And you can always practice on swatches. And that's one more thing to consider. The other thing is for a seamed sweater, especially cardigan, again, you're going to have to pick up stitches for a button band usually. Mm -hmm. And Well, you might... Okay, some cardigans, you actually knit the button band as part of the sweater body, but oftentimes you're picking up stitches on the edge of the body pieces to do a button band. So that's something that you'd want to check out your pattern, perhaps when you're picking a pattern, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind knitting on a button band or a collar afterwards, or if you want to choose a pattern that has what we call a knit-as-you-go button band or collar because some will, top-down sweaters, for example, may start casting on the collar and then you knit down and the collar is already part of the sweater. And then as you go, they may also knit on a button band, which are the two fronts of the cardigan where they would meet. There might be some sort of different stitch treatment for the fronts or it may just end in straight stockinette stitch, and then you have to pick up for the button band, like Gail was saying, after you finish the body. Right. So categories, cardigan, pullover, and then within those, knit in the round or seamed. And within both of those categories, you might need to pick up stitches for finished elements. Most top-down sweaters that are pullovers, you do work the collar as part of the sweater. I would say the majority of. Not all, though. In some cases, you might have a top-down pullover where you do need to go pick up stitches and knit that collar afterward. Right. Or in the case of Love Note, it was cast on provisionally. 
And then you knit the collar up after you finish the body. Yep. And we'll talk more about cast-ons in a separate episode. So when you hear things like cast-on provisionally, we'll explain what that means. But just (laughs) a quickie about that. That's basically a cast-on where you're going to unravel it and use the live stitches to knit something else after you've knit that piece of of fabric. So if it was the body of the sweater... Then you unravel that cast on and knit up and knit in the opposite direction. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what a provisional cast on means. And you'll find that in all sorts of different knitting patterns, not just garments. So that's something we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. So also works for either cardigan or pullover, shoulder construction, or even yoke construction. So Mm -hmm. circular yoke, which we've talked about a lot lately, is the top down model where you are increasing every certain number of rounds to grow the body of the sweater from where it fits around your neck to where it fits around your shoulders. So you have to increase stitches in order to get fabric that stretches Mm -hmm. over that part of your body. So circular yoke is kind of a separate category because it doesn't have distinct shoulders. Almost every other sweater, you are going to have distinct shoulders. So different shoulders are raglan shaping, dolman shaping, Drop sleeve, set in sleeve, contiguous, and saddle are the main big categories. Most of the time, Charlene and I tend to knit either raglan shaped or drop sleeve. Sometimes, occasionally, we'll do a set in sleeve. It's not as common, I think, for our knitting. I did a lot. I think we both did many more set in sleeves several years ago, and the trends right now are just towards drop shoulders and raglan sleeves more more ca- a more casual look right. i think is more contemporary right now the sweater i'm wearing right now has the set in sleeve and i really like set in sleeves i think it gives it a very nice finished look but a lot of sweaters like charlene was saying contemporary fashion drop sleeved is very popular right now. You and I both knit and a lot the, of And the sleep. circular yoke yeah. finish is really popular right now. So if you're falling in love with patterns that are currently being released, chances are good that it's going to be one of those two constructions because that's what's popular right now. Like I was saying, whereas five, six, seven years ago, we were probably doing a lot more set in sleeves yeah i remember doing a lot of set in sleeves uh, yes, <laughs> yeah and elizabeth doherty has a really good book about mm-hmm. set in sleeves yes. it's the best approach to set in sleeves i've ever used i used it on this sweater actually i went off pattern to use elizabeth's mm-hmm. sleeve technique technique yeah but the thing to keep in mind for a first sweater is that with raglan shaping and circular yokes you don't have to pick up to do the sleeves so Basically, in a raglan sleeve, it's where the seam or the increasing takes place in a diagonal from your collar down towards your underarm. So four spots in the yoke of the sweater as you knit, you do increases. So in a typical raglan, about every other row, you do increases in four places. And you place markers, and it's very specific in the pattern where you do the increases and what type of increase you do in order to increase the amount of fabric you have. Now, with the raglan and the circular yoke, you get to a certain point where you separate for sleeves. And that means you take stitches between the markers where you've been doing increases, 
and you put those stitches, the live stitches, on waste yarn. So they're sitting there waiting to be used later for sleeves. Now with the set-in sleeve and with a lot of the other sleeves that I mentioned, set-in, drop sleeve, even contiguous probably, what you do is you end up binding off stitches where the armhole shaping is going to be. And then when you're done with the body, you go back and pick up stitches in those places to start working downward for your sleeve. So it's a little bit more thought and effort in picking up stitches, but it's not a difficult thing to do at all. It intimidated me the first few times I did it, but once you do it, you get really good at it and it no longer is kind of a cause to avoid a pattern if you will, because sometimes I'll think, oh, picking up stitches, that's too much work. I don't want to do that. But it's something to consider. So if you're doing a sweater that has drop sleeves or set in sleeves or contiguous sleeves, you are going to probably have to pick up stitches to do the sleeve. So just something to consider. The other thing Charlene just mentioned was the contemporary styles with drop sleeved sweaters is to think about the ease of the sweater. So we've talked about this on different episodes too. But specifically, when you're picking a sweater pattern for a first sweater, think about how you want the sweater to fit. So right now, a huge percentage of sweaters that are hot right now in Ravelry are positive sweaters. So there's a lot of fabric. It's not a fitted garment where you can see the shape of your body. So think boxy sweaters and things like that. There's a lot of fabric. A lot of the circular yoke sweaters give you an A-line shape, which is positive ease. There are sweaters that have no ease. So they basically skim your body. And then there are sweaters with negative ease. So in other words, if you have a 36 or 46 inch chest, you go to a size smaller than that because you want that sweater to be very fitted and kind of cling to you. So those are three things to consider also. And we've had the discussion, what's the difference between positive ease and boxy? So positive ease might just be three or four inches of positive ease above your regular measurements. Whereas the boxy type sweaters, quote unquote, Oversized. have way more <laughs> positive ease than that. So yeah. there's a range there. Yeah. There's there's a definite range. Yeah. So <laughs> consider that. You've you've thought about cardio pullover. You've thought about in the round or flat and seamed. You've thought about shoulder construction. You've thought about ease. What about collar or neck treatment? Co- collar types if you if it's not something that you started with and is already knit when you start the sweater well even when you start the sweater i was going to say you can you can do a little bit to change up a collar type if you so desire or you just pick a pattern with the or you just collar pick you want a, yeah. a, yes because for me i do not like wearing v-necked clothes I don't feel comfortable in them. I don't think I look good in them. So if I see a pattern that's V-neck, I probably am not going to choose to knit that Mm -hmm. pattern. Once you get more experience, you can pick a V-neck pattern and alter it to have any kind of collar you want. But the main categories for collars are V-neck, crew neck, ballet neck, boat neck. And then there are like turtlenecks, funnel necks, Mm -hmm. mock turtlenecks. And when you're searching in Ravelry... You can go to the pattern page and they have categories of cardigan and pullover. Now, once you click on one of those, you can do deeper searches. You can do an advanced search. And if you scroll down on the left-hand side, you can look for design characteristics. And it's in that menu that you can find shoulder construction and ease and 
collar. I think it's called collar. It might be called neck. I'm not sure. So you can look for these different categories and refine your search to give you exactly what you're looking for if you're looking for a specific pattern. So things to consider with the collar are, like we already said, sometimes it's knit as part of the pattern. Sometimes you have to go back and pick up the stitches to knit the collar afterwards. And if you're knitting a v-neck specifically, you'll do shaping to form that v-neck as opposed to like a crew neck sweater. You probably start with a circle and just do your increases from there. Well, if you're knitting a v-neck, you'll have different shaping that has to take place where that collar is being shaped. So it will mean a little bit of extra work, a little bit of extra thinking. So if that's the kind of collar you want to do, just keep that in mind. And then length. So length is a total personal preference, obviously. Mm -hmm. All these things are personal preference. But again, look in your closet. Look at the things you already wear and the things that you like where they hit you on your waist or high hip or low hip or wherever it is. Consider that to be a good length for a first sweater because it's going to get the most wear. What you usually wear, Gail has mentioned it a couple times now, but go to your closet Look at the length you usually wear. Pick out a sweater or Even a shirt, a sweatshirt, yeah. something something that you wear that fits similarly to the garment you're considering. Look at the shoulder construct or sleeve construction. Look at the shoulder construction. Look at the neckline. Look at the length from the underarm to the bottom of the garment, and use all those clues to fit the garment that you're making for yourself. Yeah, and it could be various different items from your closet. Right. So you might like the way a sweater fits you or a shirt that you own fits you in the upper torso, but you like the length of another shirt or whatever. There, you know, there could be a combination of garments you're looking at in your closet, but use that to inform what you're picking. And in the case of a baby sweater, which you're not considering your own personal preferences, I would say have an idea of what you want to knit for yourself and then pick a baby sweater that has those same or similar elements. So you're practicing all of that mm-hmm. on a baby sized garment or a child sized garment before doing your own. Yeah. And the other thing about the ease of a sweater is the more ease it has, the less you have to worry about the fit. So if your first sweater is going to be a more fitted garment, so more negative ease, that's a little more challenging to get right as a first sweater, as opposed to something that has a lot of positive ease. The fit isn't super particular, or if your gauge is off a little bit, it's not going to affect the Make fit. Or the break. Side. Exactly. You're Where, not going to be bummed yeah. when your sweater right. doesn't fit. Whereas a fitted sweater, if you make if your gauge is off and you make the yoke a little too long, for example your armhole may be too long and that may not be the look or the fit that you want for a set in sleeve sweater. It usually isn't. Set in sleeves are usually made more, more fitted, more tailored, more tailored. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. (laughs) So that's another thing to think about with your first sweater. Not to say you shouldn't start with the first sweater that is fitted. Go for it. If that's because if that's what you wear, then you should definitely make something that you're going to wear. Right. If you don't care for oversized or positive ease garments, then don't, don't make knit, one. Don't knit one. <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's the same thing as making the mistake 
of picking a sweater based on the lifestyle photo. <laughs> and that's the other thing I was just going to say. So when you're looking in your closet and you might say, yeah, but you know, I really want to knit something that's more stylish and you know, I'm going to knit something that's on hot right now and I'm going to knit a crop sweater. Well, have you ever worn a crop shirt in your entire life? And, and is this something you, you ever would? An outfit to support exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so don't get caught up in the lifestyle photos or the kind of zeitgeist or whatever. Yes. Yeah. What's hot photos. right now? Don't, yes. don't pick your first sweater based on that, as tempting as it might be. And because if you make a garment that fits you well and suits you well, you'll wear it. You'll be happy with it and it will look great on you <laughs> and you wear it a lot i think that's one of the huge keys too mm -hmm. and we are going to talk about things like fabric and gauge and yarn choices and things like that in another episode but that's something that you'll want to think about also in terms of first sweater patterns right so what we did is we started a little bundle in our ravelry group so if you click on yarniac's podcast group in ravelry on the upper right hand side there's a little window that shows bundles and you have to click on that to see all the bundles. And then we have one labeled good for sweater patterns or something like that. Yeah. And Charlene and I have both put in some sweaters that either we've knit personally that we think are great for sweaters, or we know a lot of people who have knit them because I don't think either one of us has knit flax or flax light no, by tin can but knits, but we know so many people so who many, have. And there are so many projects on Ravelry that will be helpful. Yes. So as well as the tin can knits group yes so and this all goes back to all the things we said a couple episodes ago about picking a good pattern on Ravelry so there are lots of finished objects to look at on a lot of different bodies and it will really help most of you determine if you like the look of a sweater or not and a lot of the sweaters that are in that bundle have different neck treatments have different shoulder constructions have different yoke constructions different amounts of ease uh, there are some baby photo, um, baby photos, some baby patterns and children's patterns in addition to adults. And some of them are free patterns, especially the little kid ones. So we we're trying to give a big range and I haven't looked at the different yarn requirements. I know some are fingering and some are worsted, but I don't know if we've given a good range of that or not. Like flax is worsted, flax light is fingering. So there will be some variety because based on where you live, you might choose a fingering versus a worsted sweater if you're in a warmer climate or worsted if you're in a cooler climate. So we're trying to give a good range. And for we've left the bundle open so anyone can add to it. So if you have a sweater that you've knit that was a great first pattern, please go ahead and put it in there. And keep in mind also, the one thing that we didn't mention was the fabric of the sweater. So some sweaters are very intricate with lace and or cables versus others are straight up stockinette. Well, some people would say don't choose cables or color work or lace for a first sweater because it's too hard. Well, I don't agree with that because we saw someone in the shop the other day who was wearing a beautifully cabled sweater and it was her first ever sweater and it was phenomenal. Yeah. And she said, I just followed the pattern. Yeah. So <laughs> don't let the fabric intimidate you. And also... If straight stockinette bores you to tears and you can't stand it, don't pick a straight up stockinette sweater because then you just won't, you might not ever finish it because you might just be so bored that 
you want to stab yourself in the eye with your knitting. <laughs> so <laughs> consider all the things you like about knitting and factor that into your yeah. sweater choice as well. There are just so many things to consider, but what do you wear? It all boils down to yeah, that. What it do does. you already wear? It really does. And what do you like to knit? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all right. So I think we covered quite a bit. Hopefully we did. people will add to that in the Ravelry thread for this episode. Yeah. Anything that we've missed, because I'm sure. Because I'm sure there's a lot more yeah. to discuss. <laughs> yeah. We just tried to do the broad strokes of the big categories. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we mostly covered that. So there you go. That's the second in the series of knitting your first sweater. I cannot wait to see what people might knit. I'm so yeah. excited. So excited. <laughs> and then there's also knitting or crochet. That's true. So that's a whole other topic. Yeah. So. All right. I think that was it. Okay. Happy knitting, Happy everyone. Happy knitting, and hopefully we'll see some of you at Stitches before we record yes, again. We're so excited. We're so excited. <laughs> All right. Happy knitting. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.